0: Hi, I'm Dominic Insinius, Leader of the Heart. I want to welcome you to the Heart Podcast. Thank you for letting us be a small part in your journey of faith. I hope this message today encourages you and strengthens you. Big things can happen when we expect God to move, so I pray today that God would speak to you through this message. Well, good morning, y'all. Happy New Year. We made it. It's 2022, everything that happened last year doesn't matter at all, and we get a new chance to start fresh. You can really start fresh every day, but there's something about a new year that really gives you a, a solid chance to start something new. I'm sure a lot of you have uh, resolutions, new things you're going to do, things you're going to change, today's the day, uh, diet starts tomorrow, right? That's, the, that's my favorite day for a diet to start is tomorrow. Diet starts tomorrow, so you blow it out, right? You know, you overeat, greasy foods. Diet starts tomorrow. Something about a new year, this freshness that lets us be hopeful, lets us be expected. That's our word for the year. Uh, we like to uh, pick a word every year as a community, and a lot of, uh, a lot of us uh, pick our own word for the year. Our word for the year this year for our community is expect. We are going to expect God to do big things. We're going to expect ourselves to grow in our faith. We had a message uh, last week that we, uh, that we did just the live stream to, uh, on, on Chris, a day after Christmas, and we talked a little bit about the difference between hope and expect. Hoping for something to happen is one thing, but expecting something to happen prompts action. Being expected prompts our faith to act, prompts our faith to move. So we want to be a people who expect. We're starting a brand new message series today called Spiritual Detox. Uh, you know, depending on what your, your, your history is with detox, I mean, some of that might be a trigger for some of you, and uh, some of you, you might be very familiar with, with a detox. Anybody planning on doing some kind of detox this this month? Detox from caffeine? Anybody? Detox from alcohol? A few? Anybody? Detox from social media? Uh, no? Okay. Birdie needs one for sure. There's something about this idea of detox, this idea of like, I am going to withhold myself from doing something, eating something, having something in order to clean out what I have, in order to get back to a place where I feel healthy. So what I want to do over the next few weeks with this idea of spiritual detox is I want to kind of go through some, some beliefs, some approaches that we have to spirituality, to faith, to religion. Some of these things that might be toxic to our spirituality. Some of these ideas that might be toxic to the way that we think, the way that we act, the way that we approach God, faith, our community, the way that we approach church. And maybe for you, the way you grew up, I know when we, when we started the heart six years ago almost, almost six years That's wild. When we started The Heart almost six years ago, there were many of us on the leadership team that that, that was kind of getting things going that we had this really rough past with church. There were a few people that were sharing their stories when we first started that they were kind of burned by church in the past or, or sometimes it wasn't just church, it was church people. And they kind of like wanted to pull away from that, and what what sometimes happens is when we pull away from church people, we pull away from church, we almost end up pulling away from God, and we have trouble finding our way back to God again, because we don't want to not have God in our life, but if God looks like these people who hurt me growing up, then maybe I don't want God in my life. And so sometimes those toxic things stay in us, and we have to be intentional about doing a detox, If you have to be intentional about doing a detox, no matter what it is, with your diet, with your health, whatever. And so I want to be incredibly intentional as we start off this year, incredibly intentional with our spirituality to say, okay, what are the things that we think? What are the things that we believe? Maybe not consciously, but subconsciously. Maybe we don't actually say these things, but these are the things that kind of come into our life. And so I want to start off today talking about your need for a guru your need for a guru to tell you what to think and what to do growing up in, in a few of the churches that I've been to I've met a few people who considered themselves who would consider themselves a guru and one of the things I I, I, I like to I like I, I, I sometimes joke about it but about every six months I need to do a check-in with myself to make sure that I'm not a cult leader Every, every couple of months I'm like, okay, let me go through, uh, here's the characteristics of a cult leader, and I read them through you know, on, on Google, I'm like, okay, good, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not quite there yet. Let's keep checking in, make sure I'm, I'm checking in on that. Make sure I'm not setting myself up as a guru, as the expert, as the one who has all the answers. Because sometimes in spirituality, in religion, in faith, the person with the microphone, the person doing the talking, the person doing the leading, can almost be seen as the guru. That's the one that hears from God. Dominic hears from God. It goes from God's mouth to Dom's ears, and then Dom tells us what God wants to do. And so I, I, I had seen this happen a time or two. So over the past six years, I have done my little part in making sure people know that I am just... I'm just a man. I'm just trying to figure this life out too. And that's interesting because in my life, I have always been prone to finding the next guru, the next expert. There was a, there, there was a time when I was uh, in, my, in, my, in my late 20s, and I really, I really had this entrepreneurial itch. I really wanted to start a business. And so I started reading books about starting a business, this is, this is totally my MO. Instead of going to start a business, I'm like, how many books can I read about starting businesses before I actually start a business? And the answer is a lot. I was reading a book a week, do you remember this, babe? Reading a book a week, I was reading so much, and every week, this, this book I finished, I would come to Amber, my wife, and I would say, here's a new idea. We're, forget that thing I told you last week. We're doing this now. Forget that. Here's what we're doing. Here's what this expert said. We're doing it. And it got so bad, where finally Amber's like, you're not allowed to read books for a while. You're, you're not allowed to read any more new entrepreneurial books. Because no matter what it was, if there was a a business leader, I would want to go to their conference. I would drag Amber to some local conference in a you know in a hotel meeting room, and and this is what the expert has to say, and and because this expert says it, we're going to do it, and this is how this is what we're going to do with our money. And this is how I'm going to start the business. And this is the way I'm going to create it. And whatever whatever next expert I could find, that is what I was going to do. And that and that was almost almost 15 years ago. Now. I, I, I still feel a little bit pulled to that, so I have to be intentional. And that's, what, that's, what being, that's what doing this detox is all about, is I want us to be intentional. Now, maybe, uh, you know, obviously you're probably not like me. You're not just going to be prone to the next guru. Maybe you are. I won't ask you to raise your hand, but there might be some of you who find yourself looking for an expert, something in life, whether it's maybe it's buying a home, starting a business, getting your hair cut, what style should you do, You know, what style should you have, what clothes should you buy. Maybe you find yourself looking for the experts, looking for the ones to tell you what to do, looking for the ones to tell you what to buy, looking for the ones to tell you where to vacation. And and, and, it's, not just, and it's not black and white. It's not you either follow a guru or you don't. It's not you, you, you do everything that somebody tells you or you don't at all. Some of us kind of live in the middle there, live in the gray. And I, and I think, at least for me, I, I can't tell you how you can tell if you are in guru mode, but I can tell you how I can know that I'm in guru mode. I know that I am looking to someone to be my guru. I know that I'm looking for someone to be my expert when I find myself blindly doing what they say. When I find myself blindly taking in what they're saying. Not filtering it. Whatever whatever they say, that's what I'm gonna do. I'll give you one example. Years and years and years ago, I did a class called Financial Peace you haven't heard of Financial Peace, Financial Peace is led by a man Dave, named Dave Ramsey and I don't think anybody else works with that company. It's just Dave's face all the time. His pretty, shiny, blonde, uh, blonde head, bald head. <laughs> he wishes he had a blonde head. His shiny, bald head and he does a radio show, and he, he has this kind of, hip, part of his brand is he's just really brash, and really, you know, just really in your face, and tells you you're an idiot if you do something that he doesn't think you should do, and, and I, this is another thing, my wife has gone through some stuff, she's in therapy because of me, and what, what I would do is say, okay, I said, okay, Amber, Dave Ramsey says, Ramsey became like this bad word in our house, you know what I mean? It it became this really negative word. I said, okay, babe, Dave Ramsey says that we need to put this in savings and we need to spend this and we cannot go over budget. And I created this environment in our home where we we couldn't talk about money. We couldn't whisper about money. (laughs) If if Amber went over budget on one category by a dollar, you know, I'd just throw the budget out the door and I guess she's not on board with, with me on this. And I knew, now looking back, I'm like, wow, I was really, in." Guru. Dave Ramsey was my financial guru. If I did anything outside of what Dave Ramsey recommended, there would be weeping and gnashing of teeth because I would be sent to hell. That's how, I was, I was so in line with that. And like I said, maybe, maybe you don't have a guru, but maybe, maybe... In some areas of your life, do you find yourself looking for someone to tell you what to do? Looking for someone to tell you what is certain. That's what a guru does. Certainty says, trust your guru. If you want certainty, faith is not good for you. If you want certainty in your life, in your marriage, in your parenting, in your faith, Jesus is not good for you because there are are so many things that are uncertain. Certainty says trust a guru, but faith says trust God. Now, I want to look at a, a, a small piece of scripture today. We're going to look at two two different ones. Now, if you're not familiar with the Bible, it's no big deal. I'll go over a little bit with it with you. We're going to be in the book of Acts, okay? Now, the book of Acts is written after the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. These are the kind of the accounts of Jesus on earth, right, The, the disciples that he led, some of the miracles that he was a part of, the teachings that he would do, the people that he healed. All of those stories are in the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Now, the book right after that is called Acts, or some, in some Bibles it's called the Acts of the Apostles. And what we get to see is basically the sequel to Jesus, right? Jesus did all of his stuff. He taught his disciples. Jesus, this is a spoiler alert, Jesus dies at the end of the Gospels, comes back to life. And then all of his disciples, they go out, and that's in the book of Acts. They're, now, they're out, and they're spreading the word. They're telling people about Jesus. And I want to look at this story. It's in Acts chapter 10. There's this man named Cornelius. And Cornelius gets visited by an angel. And the angel says, Cornelius, your prayers and your neighborly acts have been noticed by God. And I want you to invite a man named Simon. People call him Peter. I want you to invite him here. And he's going to tell you about Jesus. He's going to tell you the good news. So Cornelius sends out some servants, sends out some people to go get Peter. Peter comes back with them. Peter walks into the house, walks into Cornelius's house. Watch this. This is juicy, y'all. Watch this. He walks into the house. The minute Peter came through the door, this is Acts chapter 10, verse 24. It might not be up here, but that's okay. Check this out. The minute Peter comes through the door, Cornelius was up on his feet greeting him, and then down on his face worshiping him. Now, if you don't know, this man Peter, he was one of the people following Jesus. Peter was there at almost all of the significant moments of Jesus' ministry while he was on earth. Peter got to see so many things that Jesus did and said even more than many of the other disciples, the other followers of Jesus. So if anyone could be an expert, if anyone could be a guru on the things that Jesus said and did and the things that Jesus meant and what Jesus wanted, Peter was definitely one of them. Now watch this. Cornelius, Peter comes in, Cornelius got up to greet him and then immediately went down on his face worshiping him. Watch what Peter does. Peter pulled him up and said, none of that, I'm a man And only a man, no different from you. I'm a man and only a man, no different from you. If anyone, if anyone could have said, I can be your next guru. I know all the things that Jesus taught. I know all the things that Jesus has done. I know all the things that Jesus wanted to be said about him, about his father, about this faith, about the way to follow. But Peter right away says, I'm just a man. No different from you. He goes on to say in verse 34, Cornelius says, I sent for you and I'm ready to listen to whatever the master has put in your heart to tell us. And Peter fairly exploded with this good news. He said, it's God's own truth. Nothing could be plainer. God plays no favorites. God plays no favorites. It makes no difference who you are or where you're from. If you want God and are ready to do as he says, the door is open. The message he sent to the children of Israel that through Jesus Christ, everything is being put together again. Well, he's doing it everywhere among everyone. He's doing it everywhere among everyone. I absolutely love when the authors of the Bible use words like everywhere and everyone. I don't read that, it, 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 this is just me, this, this, this part's just my opinion. I don't read that as a metaphor. I don't read that as a metaphor to everywhere, well, most places. Or among everyone, well, most people. The right people, right? The religious people, the spiritual people, the people who don't sin. That's what he means by everyone. The Jewish people. That's what he means by everyone. You know, you can read into that, but what I what I see and what I read there is when he's doing this everywhere, among everyone everyone. That means you. That means me. Just because I'm a foot and a half taller than you and have my voice through a microphone doesn't mean I know anything more about God than you do. If you're taking notes, I want you to write something down. Waiting for a guru robs us of the opportunity to grow from our mistakes. If all we're doing is waiting for a guru to tell us what to do, then we're not taking any risks and making mistakes. And if you're older than three years old, you know that it's the mistakes that you make that grow you into the person that you continue to become. So if we're waiting for a guru to tell us what to do, then we have no room for mistakes because we're only doing what we're told to do. We're only thinking what we're told to think. But if we expect God to move... If we expect God to move in our life, in our marriage, in our parenting, in our health, if we expect God to move, then we can expect us to make mistakes. But mistakes are not the end. Mistakes are what give us the opportunity to grow. Let's not wait for a guru. Let's let ourselves make mistakes by making choices, by taking steps of faith. If you're taking notes, write this down too. I said it earlier, certainty says to trust a guru, but faith says trust God. And trusting God might sound simple, but it is not. It is not, it is a journey and there are ups and downs. There are ups and downs to trusting God. Some of my highest highs in my life and in my faith have been when I am trusting God. And I'm telling you, some of my lowest lows in my life have been when I was trusting God. There has been so little certainty in my life, in my marriage, in my parenting. And certainty isn't the ultimate thing. If it is, you need a guru. If certainty is exactly what you want, maybe, I don't know if you need God as much as you need a guru to tell you what to do and what to think. And I can tell you, I can tell you what to do. I can tell you what to think, but then I'm trying to become your guru. I'm not leading you anywhere. I'm not guiding you anywhere. I am telling you to be like me. If you're taking notes, write this one down too. Our faith is set up to grow through experience and community, not through the next idea of the next expert. Our faith doesn't grow by the next best idea. Maybe this is just for me. Maybe I need to preach this one to myself. It's not the next idea. It's the next book. It's the next expert. Our faith is set up to grow. Our faith grows through our experience in life and the community we put around us. I don't know if you've ever seen, uh, it's been out for a while, so hopefully you've at least heard of it, The Walking Dead. Anybody not heard of The Walking Dead before? It's a television show. Okay. The Walking Dead, uh, just for, in case you don't know or ha- you know, this is a spoiler alert for the first episode of the first season. The Walking Dead is about the zombie apocalypse, okay? I don't know where you are on zombies. It's about the zombie apocalypse, and, and, and something has happened and everybody's infected, and there's a guy named Rick that the, that the show follows. And Rick becomes the leader of this group of people who are trying to survive the zombie apocalypse. Now, what qualifies Rick to be the leader? Nothing. In fact, out of the people who are already surviving the zombie apocalypse, they have been surviving the apocalypse longer than Rick has because Rick was stuck in a hospital. He wakes up out of this coma or something or other. Again, this is a big spoiler alert to the first 20 minutes of season one, episode one. And he comes out and he finds his family and this group of people, and quickly he becomes the leader. And that was fascinating to me. And I, because I, I, I think about that, and I'm like, why, why does Rick get to be the leader? He's not the oldest. He's not the wisest. He doesn't know what he's doing. How, no one could possibly be the expert on zombie apocalypse survival. I, didn't, I bet you didn't think we were going to talk about zombie apocalypse today on uh, spiritual detox, first, day, first Sunday of the year, did you? Why is Rick qualified to lead? And what's interesting to me, and maybe this is why I connect to it so much, what qualifies Rick to lead is nothing. What qualifies him to lead is that he says, I'll make the tough decisions, and the people around him say, okay, we'll help with that. And maybe I connect to that because when it comes to what we do here at the heart, and it's been a journey, there's been ups and downs here, Somebody asked me once what qualifies me to lead here at the heart. They wanted to know my credentials, and I was like, uh-oh, I didn't know you are supposed to have credentials to start a church. Where'd you go to Bible school? I was like, whoa, I didn't know you needed to go to Bible school to start a church. Nobody told me these things before I started. What qualifies me to lead is nothing. I'm not qualified to lead. I'm not qualified to lead. But what I am willing to do, what I am willing to do with you as a community is make decisions along the way, talk it all out together, and be in the mess of your life and my life. That's what I'm willing to do. Are you willing to be in the mess of your life and the lives of the people around you? If you're willing to do that, then you are well on your way to never needing a guru in your life again or ever again. If you can take steps of faith in your life, if you can take small steps of faith in your marriage, small steps of faith towards that dream that you have, those small steps of faith are going to take you trusting God. If you're like me, you'll constantly be pulled towards a guru, towards an expert. Has somebody else done it? Now, i got to be clear, though, because there's nothing wrong with asking for advice, right? There's nothing wrong with reaching out to the people around you, reaching out to someone who has done what you want to do. They've been doing that for 20 years. There's nothing wrong. I'm not telling you to not reach out to people and get their opinion. But it's up to you to be intentional, to be intentional with your spirituality, to be intentional with your spirituality and make sure that you're not looking for someone to be your spiritual guru. Make sure you're not looking for me to be your spiritual guru. I can't be. I'm not. I won't be. I refuse. When I was, uh, when I first started following Jesus, there was this church I was going to. And I'd probably like made a decision to follow Jesus, maybe like six or seven months. I was six or seven months into it. I was uh, around 20 years old, so this is about eight or nine years ago. And at this church, it was a, it was a fairly larger church, and it was growing rapidly. And something happened, the, the, the senior pastor there, or I, I think they called him the senior pastor, the head guy, lead guy, he, uh, he had an affair. He had an affair on his wife with a girl that had gone to the church, a lady that had gone to the church. And shook a bunch of people up. And I remember there was a few people there that they came to talk to me and they were, they were really worried. They were really worried about me. And they asked if I was okay. And I was like, yeah, I'm okay. What do you mean? They're like, well, we're really worried about you because him doing this the pastor doing this, that could really shake your faith. And, and maybe it was because I was brand new to faith, and I didn't know, you know, some of the Christian rules yet, that it should shake you if somebody who's in leadership makes a mistake. I, I didn't know that quite yet. And so, I, you know, I, I just, I remember being kind of surprised by it. I was like, well, I, my faith wasn't in this guy. My faith is in God, and I look back now and I feel like I just feel grateful for that because I feel like that kind of set me up to, at least on the spiritual side, is to not, not try to be in guru mode all the time. And I find myself stepping into it. There's some great Christian leaders that I follow, some great leaders that I follow that are pastors of, uh, of churches around, uh, around the United States. And I can find myself getting caught, caught up in that. But you'll know that you are in guru mode if when somebody makes a mistake, it changes everything about how you feel about them. That's how you know that you're looking at someone as a guru. You're looking at someone more than human, is if they make a mistake, say the wrong thing, that it changes everything about them to you. So as we start off this year, January 2022, there's a lot of really great things that we'll have a chance to do this year, a lot of amazing things we'll have a chance to be a part of. And I I hope, I hope and pray, even if you don't, even if you don't use the word expect, I hope the word expect becomes a part of your vocabulary in your everyday life. Expecting good things to happen. Expecting good intentions from your wife, from your husband, from your kids expecting God to move, and that we become intentional to look at some of these possibly toxic ideas in our spirituality that we can approach, really look at, and grow from. If you could, I want you to pray with me. If you could close your eyes and bow your head, let's pray together. God, thank you so much for a new chance at a new year. God, I pray that we would uh, approach this year with expectations, Expectation of love, of hope, of grace, of forgiveness, of moving forward. I pray that all all of the things that have happened this past year, that we would learn from them, we would reflect on them, but we wouldn't carry them on our shoulders into the next year. That we would give ourselves a chance to step into newness. That we would give ourselves a chance to start fresh in our life, in our marriage, in our families. God, I pray that we would do this with expectation in our hearts and in our faith. We love you, and we pray that in your name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Heart Podcast. At The Heart, we like to say you don't have to go to church here to go to church here. That means you are already part of the community just by listening to the message today. If today's message connected with you, we want to invite you to share it with someone who may benefit from it. We would love to be a part of your journey of faith. Please visit us online at www.theheart.church forward slash next to see what your next step may be. And if you live near San Marcos, Texas, we would like to invite you to visit us in person this Sunday morning at 10 a.m. at Evo Springtown. Remember to be bold this week and connect with those around you. It's how your relationships grow and how your faith grows.